God bless you. You can be seated, and uh, we're going to have Brother Gary Wimberly come and preach to us. Pray for him as he's in his family, as they are in transition, to be able to decide what God would have them to do. But get your Bibles ready to be able to listen to the Word of God. Brother Gary, God bless you, my friend. Thank love you. Good luck, man. Well, it's always good back. Good to be back with you today. Take your Bibles, if you would, and find uh, Deuteronomy chapter 34. Deuteronomy chapter 34, the last chapter of the book of Deuteronomy. And, um, and also we're going to transition right into Joshua chapter 1. And uh, hope you had a wonderful Christmas. <clears throat> and um, look, the check's made out, so I'm good. I can go as long as I need to. <laughs> Today and you know so I'm good, but I'm just, I'm just picking, and uh, I'm always it's always good to be here. Our family uh, had a wonderful week. My son, my oldest son Luke, was with us from Jacksonville. Uh, he's down in college, and he was able to visit for a couple of weeks and uh, met his girlfriend, which more than likely will be his fiance, much likely be his wife one day. And uh, so that's another transition we get to go through. And uh, there's just way too many transitions. I don't know what happened when you hit 45, just transitions start happening everywhere. And uh, I don't know if we're ready for all that, but it's coming like it or not. And uh, I was telling Pastor before, I asked him how he was doing, how he's feeling. He says, oh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just good to be alive, good to be alive. I said, look, you're 52 years old. I said, I heard a, I heard a, 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 a mentor of mine they asked, uh, did a survey of wealthy entrepreneurial businessmen about what is the best decades of your life? Without que- I mean, men like Sam Walton, I mean, these really, really wealthy men. They said, without question, the best decade of my life was from 60 to 70. These are, I mean, really powerful men. They said, what's the second best decade? They said 70 to 80. You know what that does for you and I? We got time. And they went ahead and said, what's the third best decade? And they said, 50 to 60. I said, pastor's in the third best already. And, uh, but it's always good to be here. We've been able to visit around and uh, be with friends and be in different churches, but we always enjoy coming back to Open Bible. And uh, thank you for your warm welcome, your friendship, your prayer. Uh, God is still leading and guiding us, and uh, we're just waiting on Him. So continue to pray for us, if you would. And uh, I, I, when I come to preach, I always say this to you, I, I really need you to be back tonight. Now, I know it's Sunday night. I know what's happening at 425 today. If you're depressed, come back. I'll help you. All right? If they win and you're happy, come back. I'll rejoice with you, okay? And, uh, but be back tonight. We're going to finish the message. I start this morning tonight. And uh, if I had to entitle the message, and I think hopefully this will intrigue you to come back, Endings and New Beginnings. Uh, no better way to finish out 2019 than talking about endings and new beginnings. And uh, a man by the name of John Irving said this. He says, you only grow... By coming to the end of something and by beginning something else. Did you get that? You only grow by coming to the end of something and by beginning something else or something new. I wonder this morning as we 
come to this end of 2019, the last Sunday of 2019, how many of us today would like to see some things come to an end in our lives? Maybe you've had a, a rough 2019. You're going, I am glad this year is over. I'm glad it's coming to an end. Or maybe there's uh, some health issues in your life. Or maybe relationship issues. Or maybe job issues. And maybe there's just something in your life today that you're saying, look, I am looking forward to that coming to an end this year. On the other side of that coin, how many of you are looking forward to some new things in 2020? Maybe uh, a new, a new uh, exercise plan. I was, I was supposed to get a lot of amens there, not laughs, you know. And uh, maybe, maybe a new diet, maybe uh, a new career, maybe uh, a new semester at college, or maybe a new relationship or, or something. You know, we, we, we love the new things and, and we want things to end. And, uh, and the reason I bring all that up this morning, because I want us to see from a story in the Bible here in Deuteronomy and in Joshua 1, that God is all about endings and new beginnings. As a matter of fact, most of us as followers of Jesus, if you are one, if you're not one, we can help you today with that. But most of us who are followers of Jesus, we really don't like endings. We don't like when things come to an end because we love routine. We love, we don't, we, there, there's a, I don't know if you know this, there's a Christian cuss word in churches. It's called change. <clears throat> None of us love change. Very few love change. But change is all about endings and new beginnings. And one of the things that I, I want you to know, and I want to kind of lay this out on the runway this morning, is this. Is we have not been taught very well how to go through endings and new beginnings. Because with every ending, there's always a period of grief and loss. And we come to actually one of these situations here in Deuteronomy 34 this morning as we see that the children of Israel are about to face an ending and a new beginning. So if you're new to the Bible today and you're not familiar with the Bible, we're coming to the end of the life of a man named Moses. And uh, Moses is now about a, roughly 120 years old. We know that because he was 40 years old in Egypt, left Egypt, spent 40 years in the desert, in, in, in solitude and silence, and we talked about that this year. And then he spent 40 years leading the children of Israel through the wilderness, and now we're at the end of those 40 years. Moses is around 120, and we're going to see that an ending is coming, but also a new beginning as well. So look with me in Deuteronomy 34, let's pick up in verse 1. And, uh, and we'll continue on through the message today. And Moses went up from the plains of Moab under the mountain of Nebo to the top of Pisgah that is over against Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead unto Dan. 
and all Naphtali and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh and all the land of Judah under the utmost sea and the south and the plain of the valley of Jericho and the city of palm trees under Zoar. And the Lord said unto him, This is the land which I swear unto Abraham and Isaac and unto Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed. I have caused thee to see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not go over thither. Verse 5, So Moses, the servant of the Lord, say it with me, died. There in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he, now the he there is God. And God buried him in a valley in the land of Moab, over against Beth Poral. But no man knoweth of his sepulcher unto this day. And Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye, this is important now, his eye was not dim, nor his natural face abated. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab thirty days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. Again, I've entitled the message today, Endings and New Beginnings, meaning that sometimes the end of something has to take place in order for something new and greater to happen. Did you see hear that? Endings have to take place in our lives in order for something new and greater to happen. Would you hold your place there in Deuteronomy and would you flip over to the New Testament, to the book of John, the gospel of Jesus Christ according to John, and, verse, and chapter 12 and verse 24. These are the a principle of ending and new beginning that I think will help give you an idea of what we're talking about. John chapter 12 in the New Testament, John 12, the words of Jesus in verse 24. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and what? Die. That's an ending. An ending, something has to die, it abideth alone. But if it die, watch this, it bringeth forth what? Much fruit. Something dies, something came to an end in order for there to be something new, something greater, a new beginning, a new life that is better than where it was previously. Ending and new beginning. We tend to avoid the topic of things dying because we typically associate them with funerals, with finality, with endings, with separation and grief and loss. And, 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 and even though that is so true, Jesus said sometimes the end of something can bring about greater blessings and a greater future. So here's what, here's what Jesus is saying and here's what I believe our text is saying today, that all of us must face endings in life in order for us to experience new beginnings. This is what the children of Israel are about to face here. 
And today for the church and for you individually as a person, as a family, as a husband and wife, as a teenager, the church must learn to embrace God's gift of endings and new beginnings. See, really, endings and new beginnings are a gift from God. They're a gift for us to receive and for us to embrace. So this morning, what I want to do is give you my, my first, what I call big point, and then tonight we'll look at the other two. But today, if we're going to learn to embrace this gift of God of endings and new beginnings, then the first big point is this, is that the Lord orchestrates, the Lord orchestrates endings with an eternal purpose. The Lord orchestrates endings in your life with an eternal purpose. In order for us to embrace endings, we have to understand where they come from. Where do endings come from? And by the way, beginnings and endings are nothing new for, for mankind. They're not new for God. If you go all the way back to Genesis 1, what does it say? The very first phrase of that verse, in the beginning. God's always brought beginnings. And by the way, when you get over to chapter 2, you'll find out that God gave some instructions to Adam and Eve not to eat the fruit of His tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, because if you did, there would be what? An ending, a consequence. He started in the beginning, and then He clearly articulated an ending if they did not obey, if did they not follow through. Uh, you go on in the Bible, there's other places where there's beginnings and endings. God spoke to a man named Saul and told him he was going to make him king to the people. But later when King Saul disobeyed, God came back and told him there would be an ending. Your family would no longer rule the kingdom of Israel. Beginning and ending. Solomon, the wisest man other than Jesus to ever live, said this in Ecclesiastes 3, To everything there is a reason, a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to what, church? Die. Beginning and ending. In Hebrews chapter 9, God said, It is appointed unto man, what? Once to die. Ending. And new beginning. In our endings, there is someone working spiritually and eternally that we always can't see and understand. You see, God is working through and in the endings of your life. And He's also working, He's orchestrating the new beginnings that are going to take place because of that. So how do we know that the Lord is orchestrating this? Well, look back at Deuteronomy 34 with me. And look at verse number 1. And Moses went up from the plains of Moab under the mountain of Nebo, the top of Pisgah, that is over against Jericho. And notice this next phrase, and who? The Lord. So imagine Moses is 120, and we read a minute ago, his eyes were not dim. Notice what it says there, back in verse number uh, 7. His eyes were not dim and his na uh, natural face uh, was not abate, a force abated. In other words, he was not weak and feeble. Now, don't, I don't mean this di in, in disrespectfully. He wasn't, he didn't act like an old man. 
He wasn't hunched over. He didn't have a cane. The Bible's describing us, listen, he was as spry at 120 as it was at 40. And he climbs up this mountain and, he's, and he, he, he's looking over the Jordan, over into the promised land. And it tells us immediately that the Lord, the Lord is there, the, the Lord is on the scene. Here, the word for the Lord, uh, capital L, capital O, capital R, and capital D is the word Yahweh. It is the I am. And in Exodus 30, uh, in chapter 3 and verse 14, and God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me oh, uh, unto you. This is God's proper name, revealing that God absolutely always is. God has no beginning. God has no ending. He is the only one that is absolute. See, you and I have a beginning. We have an ending, but God does not. He is just the I am. And here, the I am shows up along with Moses on this mount. And he says to Moses... He's present. He's going to speak in just a moment. He's there. Isn't it good to know that no matter what you're in right now, no matter what ending may be coming, no matter what new beginning you may be facing, isn't it good to know that the I am is here? I don't know what your mountain is. I don't know what your place is. I don't, I don't know if, if, you're, if it's your home, if it's Williamstown. For me, it's Millville. Or New Jersey. Everybody, every time I see somebody, they ask me, how you doing? I said, I'm living the dream. Living in South Jersey. <laughs> or nightmare, whatever you want to call it, you know. <laughs> Listen, I don't, I don't know where you are at in your life today. Maybe in your marriage, maybe with your children, maybe with your grandchildren, your job, your health. But it is wonderful to know that the I am is here with me. I, I, think, I, I think we can understand the writer of Hebrews when he said, I will never leave thee or forsake thee. Why? Because he's the I am. He has no beginning. He has no ending. He just is. Just as he was here with Moses. And, and the wonderful thing is that it was the Lord that was present and working before there ever was a beginning. In Psalm 90 and verse 2, he said before the mountains that Moses was actually standing on, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting thou art God. Revelation 1.8 tells us, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. What does this Lord do? What is He doing? I like how Bill, Gill Bill Gillen said it. He says, God's job description is that He runs things. He runs things. What is God doing? He is working with His eternal purpose. Now watch this. He is working in your life right now with His eternal purpose and your spiritual growth always in mind. See, we tend to look at endings as bad. 
When the truth is, is God may be orchestrating an ending in your life because He knows that's what you need for the next step in your spiritual growth. Well, how does He know that? Because He's here. He is the I am. He's present in my life at every moment in my life. He knows what I need before I need it. So with Moses, he's present. He's orchestrating. He's working. And then number two, not only do we see the one that is orchestrating everything is the Lord, but notice also it's the Lord that initiates It's the Lord that initiates. Look back at verse number 1. And the Lord showed him all the land. It was the Lord that initiated. Now, what what I see here is that the Lord came to give Moses a clear vision, a, a, a clear sight For him to be able to see and perceive and understand. Now, there's so many directions, and I don't have time for all that this morning, but there's so many directions we could take that. But the, the bottom line is this, is that the Lord is the one that came and initiated contact with Moses to show him to help him see, to to give clarity to him. Here it is, the Lord, the I am, that initiated with Moses in the beginning in the desert in Exodus 3 with the burning bush. You remember that? He sees a burning bush and he goes to investigate and it's the Lord that initiates him there. And it's the Lord that after he delivers the children of Israel, the Lord says, Moses, come up. And he goes up into the mountain and God initiates again with Moses on the top of the mountain and gives him the commandments. And once again, at the end of Moses' life, God initiates with Moses to help Moses see you know what, I, I, I don't know about you, but I like Moses. He's my kind of guy. Because he had some colossal mess-ups in his life. You do, you do remember that Moses killed a man. I hope none of us have done that in here. But he, he did kill a man. And not only did he kill a man, but then he ran and hid in the desert for 40 years of his life. And God initiates contact with him and he comes back to Egypt and delivers the children of Israel. But even after all that, he still disobeyed God. When God said, Moses, speak to the rock and water will come out. And what did Moses do out of anger and frustration with people? See, it's always people. Somebody told us one time, told, I'm sure your pastors heard the same thing, the ministry would be wonderful if it wasn't for the people. And you know that to be true, isn't it? Isn't it, all, isn't it always people? Moses was frustrated with the people. Instead of speaking to the rock, he hit the rock. And God still brought water forth. At one time in Moses' ministry... As a leader, he got so frustrated with them, he said, God, can't we just wipe them out and start over? Can we just wipe out three million people? 
Despite all of this, now listen, despite all of this, God kept coming to Moses. He kept initiating with Moses. It is God that is coming to you. He is initiating contact with you for the purpose of showing you, for the purpose of helping you to see and to understand. Would you know this morning, if you're here for the first time, if this is your first time ever at Open Bible or in church or maybe the first time in a long time, can I say this to you this morning? God is initiating contact with you. So how, how do you know that? Jesus said in Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. He is the one initiating with you. Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse 10, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Would you know this morning that Jesus is initiating contact with you because He loves you, He died for you, and He wants you to have the life that He can give you. Not the life that you can make better now. Not the life that you can create for yourself now. No, Jesus has the better life. It's His life. It's His forgiving, loving, everlasting life He wants to give to you. And He's coming to initiate and to seek after you because He loves you. If you're here today and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, the I Am that knows everything about you, that knows all of your failures, that knows all of your choices, good and bad, that knows all of your sin. He is the one that is initiating with you. He's coming to you. Why? Because He is seeking you out to exchange your sin. Listen, He wants to exchange your sin and your condemnation for His forgiveness and His eternal abundant life. Do you know what we call that? The gospel. That's the gospel. To exchange, we call, I call it the great exchange. To take from me what I cannot fix and to give me what I could not do for myself. I can't fix my sin problem. Only Jesus could. And I can't make myself better. Only He can give me His perfect life. Not about you, but the end of 2019, that's a pretty good deal, don't you think? And today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if there's never been a time in your life where you made that exchange, you received the gift of God in exchange for forgiveness, you can do that today. What better way to start 2020 ending life, ending today unsaved and going into the new year a born-again child of God. All because He's pursuing. He's pursuing. He's initiating. Maybe you're here today and you do have a personal relationship with Jesus already. You say, Pastor Gary, I, I, I know I'm a born-again child of God. I, I know I've received Jesus as my Savior. Then can I say to you, can I speak to you just for a moment? He's still initiating with you. He's still pursuing you. He's still seeking after 
you. That even despite your failures, you may have started 2019 saying, you know what, I'm going to read through the Bible this year. And you got to February and that dropped off. Then you say, you know what, I'm going to at least read uh, one verse a day and you got to March and that fell off. You say, well, you know what, I, I, I'm a, I, I committed to give to the church this year and, 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 and then the first birthday happened or the, the first car broke down or, or whatever and you, you stopped giving. And listen, God knows all about that. And by the way, God's not impressed by what you give or don't give. God's not impressed of how much knowledge you have of the Bible. He knows all the Bible. He wrote it. So if you think you're coming to God's Word or you're giving money or you're attending church to get God's favor or in order for you to, 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 to stick out to God or, or to make something better with God, it doesn't work that way. He, the Bible says He knows my frame. He knows all about me. He knows I'm dust. He, listen, God does not need you and me to impress Him. Do you know what God needs from you and I? Just to be humble and honest. God, I blew it. <laughs> you know what? I, I really, I really wanted to read the Bible through this year and I didn't make it, but you know what? That's okay. So I'm going to commit to do what... Now watch this. Do what God wants you to do. Well, i got to read the Bible through this year. No, you don't. You really don't have to. How about this? How about you take this year and read through one book of the Bible all year and really know what God's doing in that book? If you want to read the Bible through this year, that's great too. But I think a lot of times we set ourselves up for failure, trying to impress God when God doesn't need to be impressed. You know what God wants? God just wants you. He just wants you. He wants you to be faithful. He wants you to seek after Him, to love Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And God is, watch this, He is passionately initiating with you all the time. Listen to what the Bible says. Being confident, Paul said this, and, and if anybody could say it, Paul could say it. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it under the day of Jesus Christ. He's not finished with you. If you have, and, and, and I know this crowd is mixed. If you haven't made it to 70 yet, you still have your best decade ahead of you. I, I was listening to a podcast. I had, to, I had to make a long drive this week, and I was listening to a podcast. And, and, I, and I listen to this guy all the time. And every time I listen to him, when I'm done, I'm mad at him. He just makes me mad. And, and, and the podcast this week was on God is slow. God's not in a hurry with your life. He's not in a hurry. He, he mentioned in the podcast I was listening to that he had a mentor and he was talking to his mentor. He was in his 30s and he says, I just, I've ruined my life, Pastor. I, I've made all these mistakes as a pastor and, and he'd been in ministry about 10 years. I mean, nothing's working out. I don't have a church of a thousand yet. And, and he just kept going on and on. And his mentor said, are you done yet? He says, yeah, I think so. He goes, good. I'm glad you're failing. 
God's finally teaching you something. Do you know why we need endings in our lives? For God to teach us, to humble us, to see that God is not in a hurry. Don't we live life in such a hurry? You ever, you ever thought about this? You ever just thought about stopping? Just stop for a moment. Isn't the silence uncomfortable? You know why? Because we've got to keep it moving. We've got to keep it going. We've got to be in a hurry. We've got to get it done. We've got to get over. We've got to get through this. We've got to get that. God's, God's not in a hurry. Your life, your life is a lifelong work until the day you die. And God is initiating with you all the time to do that good work in your life. And then lastly, let me guess, we'll be done. God is orchestrating these endings and new beginnings because it's the Lord. That's who's present with us. It's the Lord that's initiating with us. And then thirdly, I want you to see, look at verse 4. It is the Lord that speaks. And look at verse 4. And the Lord said unto him. So, watch this. We have the Lord. The Lord initiates and gives, shows him some things. And, and now the Lord's going to speak to him. Now, I am not a charismatic. Don't worry. Don't fret. I'm not a charismatic. But I do know this. I do believe the Bible. And I know your pastor believes the Bible. God does speak. And God is still speaking today. I think the problem with most of us is we're just not listening very well. Maybe that's why James, the half-brother of Jesus, said this, be slow to speak and swift to hear. The Lord speaks to Moses. The, the Lord communicates and He communicated again with Moses in the beginning in Exodus 3 through the burning bush and now at the end God is communicating to Moses again and many times in between we see that God the Lord spoke to Moses and, and we know this to be true that God does speak. He, the Bible tells us that He speaks through the Holy Spirit in John 16 verse 13. How be it He... The Spirit of truth has come. He will guide you in all truth. Watch this. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. The Spirit of God speaks to us. The Bible says in Romans that his Spirit confesseth to my spirit that I am a child of God. The Spirit of God in me and in you as believers, he does speak to us. Not only that, but we also know that God speaks through His Word. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. What is He saying? God's Word is life. It is sustaining. It gives me something I need. Jesus said this in John 10, 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. And they follow me. Now, I'm going to stop there just for two seconds and say this. 
Most of us will stop there and say, well, God speaks through His Spirit, I'm okay with that. God speaks through His Word, I'm okay with that. But what if there are other ways God speaks to us? Like silence. Do you know God speaks through silence? There's a man by the name of Elijah. And Elijah was on a mountainside where God had directed him and and the Bible says an earthquake came and God was not in the earthquake. The Bible says fire came and he was in the fire. Why did God use those two illustrations for Elijah? Well, if you remember, uh, how did God communicate to other prophets of God? Through a fire one time, burning bush. Through an earthquake on a mountaintop. It was God. God didn't show Himself to Elijah then. Then the Bible says this. Then in a still, small voice. I like how one writer put it this way. He said that the interpretation of that in the original Hebrew is this. In the sound of sheer silence, Elijah heard the Lord. Can I challenge you in 2020? Won't you spend some time in silence before the Lord? God can speak through silence. God can speak through life circumstances. Maybe you've heard of a guy by the name of Jonah. You ever heard of Jonah? Jonah was running from God. God told him to go to Nineveh. Instead, he got in a boat and went the opposite direction. He's asleep in the boat. A storm comes up. The, 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 all the members of the boat, are, they don't know what's going on. They're throwing stuff overboard. and, and They go wake him up. Hey, what's wrong with you? Don't you know we're drowning out here? And he says, what are you? He's wiping the boogers out of his eyes. What are you talking about? He goes out and the I mean, storm is just raging. And Jonah says, oh yeah, guys, I, I know what's going on. By the way, it says Gary's paraphrase. I know what's going on. It's my fault. Uh, I'm a prophet of God. I was supposed to go to Nineveh. I'm running for God and God's trying to get my attention. And you just happen to be the bystanders. Hey, by the way, can I just say this to you? Sometimes when God get, tries to get your attention, it does affect other people. God used the circumstance of a storm to speak. God can speak through others in your life. In Acts chapter 9, when Paul, we know as the Apostle Paul was stricken by the light, God spoke to Ananias and told Ananias to go speak to Paul. See, sometimes God uses others in our lives. He can use a pastor. He can use a friend. He can use a teacher. He can use a mentor. He can use a boss. He can use a policeman. Slow down. Don't text and drive. See, God can use people to speak into our life. We know that God can speak through prayer, John 12, 50. And I know this, that this commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me. Where did Jesus hear the Father speak to him? In his times of prayer. Jesus said, when I hear the Father speak, I speak to you. He speaks through his prayer. Would you know this, that God even speaks through nature itself? He spoke through a burning bush. One time he actually spoke through a donkey. Imagine that. I'll I, I tell you this, and, and, and we were in, in Israel, I was in Israel in 2011, and I forget what the flower's name was, but we were, at, we were on the Valley of Eli, 
the Valley of Elah, and, and near where David and Goliath would have had their battle. And the, the, the driver pulls off to the side. The, the tour guide gets off the bus. He bends down. He says, I want everybody to see this. He picks this random flower off the side of the road. It was a red flower. And by the way, this is a, a Jewish man, doesn't claim to be a believer, pulls out this flower, and inside the flower is a cross. And he said, every one of these flowers in our country has this cross in the middle of it. And then he goes on to quote Romans that no one is without excuse. See, God can speak through anything. How is God speaking to you? What is God saying to you? I, I want to I stop there. I just want to give you a couple things and we'll pick up tonight. In order to embrace endings and new beginnings, we have to see that it is the I am that is orchestrating these in our life. It is the Lord that is initiating with you. It is the Lord that is wanting to speak to you. It is the I am that is revealing that He is working in your yesterday, in your today, and will work in your tomorrow. If you would remember anything, remember this this morning. In the pain and confusion of endings, the Lord is still the I am in your new beginnings. So I want to close out this morning by asking you three questions I'd like for you to write down if you would. And between today and the first is Wednesday, I think. I want you to ask yourself these three questions. I want you to spend some time reflecting on these three questions. How is the Lord, number one, how is the Lord coming to me? How is the Lord coming to me? He initiates. How, how is He coming to me? Maybe he's already told you something that you need to end. A relationship. That job. That pastor talked about this in the way of you serving God. How is he coming to you? Number two, what is the Lord saying to me? What is the Lord saying to me? How is the Lord coming to me? What is the Lord saying to me? And thirdly, what is the Lord affirming in me? What is the Lord affirming in me? In other words, what new beginning does He want? And we'll talk the new beginnings later tonight. But what is He affirming in your life? What is He saying, yes, keep doing that? Yes, you need to put that in this year. How is the Lord coming to me? What is the Lord saying to me? And what is the Lord affirming in me? If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, I can answer the most important question of all those. What is the Lord saying to you? He is saying, come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you can come to Him today. You can receive His gospel And in exchange, 
He'll give you His forgiveness and eternal life. If you're a child of God today, what is the Lord saying to you? What needs to end in 2019? And what needs to begin anew in 2020? Would you bow your heads with me if you would? In just a moment, Pastor, I'm going to come and lead the invitation. I just want to pray with you before he does. I don't, I don't know most of you by name. I know most of you by face. And I don't know all the ins and outs of your life. But I do know this. If you're like me, you're going through life right now. And that can look like all kinds of things. If you're here today and you know Jesus as your Savior, that's not an exemption for believers, for Christians either. We are going through life right now. And what is it that you're going through that you say, man, I think, I think God is telling me to cut that off, to end that this year. Maybe God's already been dealing with you about some things you need to begin this year. Maybe serving in your church. Maybe singing in the choir. Maybe, maybe working with Bible publishing. Maybe just starting to tithe. Maybe just to begin to get in God's Word and read every day. Maybe just to spend time in prayer and silence. Maybe to go to that family member and make things right. Maybe to go to that coworker and ask for forgiveness. And start the year off right. New. How is He coming to you? What is He saying to you? What is He affirming in you? Would you take just a moment to reflect and respond to the prodding and the leading of the Spirit of God in you today? Father, bless these, your people. They're always a blessing to be here and come to and fellowship and preach and encourage. And Lord, I just pray that you would, as we close out this 2020, uh, 2019 and go into 2020, I just pray that you would help us to be attuned to how you're coming and initiating us, how you're speaking to us, that we would pay attention, that we would listen, that we would respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit in our life. And that we would seek out what, God, you want to do to mature us and grow us spiritually in this coming year. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Let's stand together, if you would, please.